Hello, everyone. My name is Pastor Maya Rodriguez. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's Word with you. Enjoy. Good morning, Grace City. How are you? How are you? Come on. Can, I, can you guys make some noise this morning? Are you guys doing good? Yes? We are so glad for all of the people that are connecting, joining us online. We also have an online church, right? And we have faithful, faithful members that connect week in and week out. But we're so happy that you made it out today on a Sunday morning. As we move, you know, towards our second chapter in this The Game Plan. Who's ready for the Super Bowl today? Yeah? You got your team? Yeah, you guys have your team, some of you has like Super Bowls today, Super Bowls today, right? But, um, well, the chicken wings are ordered, right? And and, uh, the guac, you have to have chips and guac. It's amazing, but we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about relationships and the plan that God has designed for our relationship. Marriages, it could be, you know, marriages, it could be... um, uh, dating, but it's also relationships just amongst each other, friendships, um, relationships with your parents, everything like that. So the game plan uh, for this week is a defensive play. Who remembers last week we were on the offensive play, and the offensive play was unconditional love, right? It was to pass the ball, that unconditional love, the fact that we should give people not what they deserve, but what they need right? That's that unconditional, unconditional love where we're not looking and saying, oh, since they did me wrong or they hurt me, then I'm not going to forgive or I'm not going to love them back. No, we're going to give them what they need. If they need love, if they need attention, if they need an ear, you know, to listen, if they just need you to be there, that's what we're going to do. So as a ground rule for this message, one, remember, listen for yourself. Say, I'm going to listen for me. Okay, come on, you guys. I'm going to listen for me. We're not going to be looking at people. We're not saying, oh, you need to work on that, right? No, we're going to listen for ourselves. And everything, we're going to look towards the future and not towards the past. So when I bring up things, you know, don't look at your spouse or don't go home and fight over it. Like, see, I told you, and you always do this, and you all never do that. No, let's say, okay, from this day forward, we're going to change. Amen? So um, the Song of Solomon... This is where I want to kick off the message, right? And it begins this way, Solomon's Song of Songs. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfume. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the maidens love you. Okay, these two are head over heels for each other, right? You get the picture. They're kissing and hugging and loving, right, you guys? I mean, this is like they're still in the mushy, the honeymoon stage, right? You're listening to them, and they're just loving on each other, saying, you're the best. Like, even your kisses are, like, perfumed to me, right? And in this, like, you're thinking, what can go wrong, When you just start a relationship, you're like, this person's perfect. Nothing can go wrong, right? But let me tell you, it's not right. A lot can go wrong, and a lot does go wrong. But it's never too late, right? It's never too late. 
I want to speak to your heart. I want to speak to your mind. It's never too late. We have to give it to God. And this is our first, well, this is our defensive play, and it's called fight right. Okay? Fight right. So our goal is not not to fight. Okay? So we're not, like, trying not to fight. Instead, we're trying to fight right. Because there's arguments, there's um, different perspectives, but we want to come together and be able to come to an agreement or resolve conflict. There's three seasons in marriage. Number one is the honeymoon stage, and this is kind of where Songs of Solomon 1 starts, right? The honeymoon stage, where you don't have a care in the world, where nothing can go wrong. I still remember our honeymoon in Cancun. That's probably why we love it so much, right? And just like, we're just together, like, um, we went, we learned how to scuba dive, and we even had, in 25 years ago, and we had a camera guy underwater following us around as we were, you know, scuba diving and with a fish, and then we took off our, our, um, our, uh, mouth things, and we gave each other a kiss. Oh my gosh, it was so romantic. I literally thought we were gonna scuba dive through life, right? I was like, we're gonna just, I'm gonna, this is, I told you guys, like, I always wanted to be a mermaid, so I was like, I'm in my, like, happy place. I was a mermaid with my husband. How better can it be with my merman? Like, I was like, this is going to be, it's going to be like this for the rest of my life. Uh, no, right? No, it wasn't. Then the second stage, and this is where it comes, disillusionment. Disillusionment is where you're like, what have I done? What was I thinking, right? It's nothing. I mean, we're not a mermaid and a merman through life. Like, you, you're like, what the heck? We're actually people, and there's jobs, and there's payments, and there's, you know, he wants this, I want another thing, and there's arguments. I'm like, what did we do? Like, there's a point where you're like, I, need, I just need to go home, right? And you're like, wait a minute, I am home. I'm home. This is my new home. This is my husband. Like, I can't just leave, right? And, and in this stage, it's a stage where small things become big things. See, in the honeymoon stage, the small things and the big things, like the big things, and you're like, ah, that's nothing. Right? He just snores a little. He's like, ah, right? And you're like, oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. I just love the way he snores romantic, right? Until you got 25 years later and my husband still has to sleep next to me, right? I'm the snorer, actually. He's not. He sleeps like an angel. And he married this beast, right? I'm just like, I don't know. But little things in this stage become big things. I mean, even the way, I remember when I was pregnant, even the way he smelled. And I'm like, could you just not smell like that? He's like, how? I don't understand. It's like everything was annoying, the way he chewed, the way he breathed. I'm like, why are you breathing like that? You know what I'm saying? It's like little things became big things. This is disillusionment. And then we move into the third stage. And a lot of people get stuck in that second stage of disillusionment. They just stay there for the rest of their marriage. And they're just very unhappy. But the third is the commitment season where we fight, but we understand that healthy conflict leads to healthy relationships. And this isn't everything. This is with siblings. This is in friendships. 
this is, I mean, you can, you, I've seen so many friendships break up for just difference in opinion. But true friendships are the ones that, you know, say, even though we have a difference in opinion, I still love you. Like, so it's in everything, right? And you say, actually, what makes us healthy is that we're able to get through this. We're actually stronger after that, right? When a man faces confrontation, men, let's see which one of these you are. Most men will, number one, give in. They just give up right away. They don't want to fight. They're like, whatever she says, I don't care. I don't want to fight. It's not worth it. Number two, many men decide not just I don't want to fight, but they actually leave. Anytime there's a confrontation, do you have one of those that don't raise your hand, that just leaves, doesn't want to deal with it, I'm going on a drive, I'm going to go somewhere, doesn't come home from work till really, really late. Why? Because they just don't want to deal with it, they flee. A third is another one that just, he's super assertive, doesn't want to listen to anybody, so it's my way or the highway. Like, this is what I think. I'm mad, I'm angry, and everyone just needs to fall into place. Unfortunately, the give-in, the flee, or the, or the aggressive, you're going to sleep on the couch. Like, reality is, at the end of all of that, you're sleeping on the couch. So it's not a good way. You know, if you don't come home, if you're too aggressive, or if you just give up in, in everything, then the, there's no respect there. So the marriage suffers. Either way, that's why we have to fight right. Wives, how many or women, it doesn't just have to be wives, women. Usually a woman, number one, is a big manipulator. We are girls, we're big manipulators. If you're taking notes, men, write that down. Women, we are experts in hiding the facts that we don't want you to know. And exaggerating, putting a spotlight, spotlight on the facts we want you to remember. Most men are like, what? When did that happen? And you're like, I remember, right? And so we, that can happen, but it's not a healthy way of fighting. Number two, when you're always challenging everything. You challenge everything your husband says. You challenge everything your father says or your mother says. Like, you're always just challenging. It's specifically when you know, like, you're, like, so on your what you believe is right, but you don't want to hear anyone. A lot of times we're like this. We're always, like, fighting with everybody, and that's also not good. Number three is where you just give up like the man does sometimes and just say, I don't want to fight, so I'm just going to do what he says. You know when couples come and tell me and they say, we don't fight? And I'm like, there's a problem. It's actually an issue. Because I'm not saying you have to fight throwing things and and yelling. No, but there has to be some, I mean, you're a different person. So, and and your husband or the man's a different person. Or in the family, your, your parents are different than you. So there should be a place where you are able to say, hey, I don't like that. You know, you should have a voice. Everyone should have a voice in its proper place. Can I get an amen? So in order for us to have good relationships, healthy relationships, we have to also have healthy fights. But the the truth is that we have really or we've had really bad examples most of the time. So not only are we watching, you know, we watch Days of Our Lives or a soap opera. Many, many people watch novelas, which are even more extreme, right? So we grew up on that. We grew up on the, you know, the slamming of the doors and all the drama. And then, you know, just very 
unhealthy, toxic way of dealing with things where people then fight really, really aggressive, but then they make up and it's like just full of passion and everything. So it's a high. You're always looking for that high. You're either on the high of fighting or the high of making up. Come on, you guys. Yes. And this could be with friendships too. Okay. So we need to go to the word of God for wisdom. Number one, the fight. Everyone has a fight. This Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2 to 6, says this. I slept, but my heart was awake. Listen, my beloved is knocking. Okay, this is the maiden. This is the woman. This is Solomon's wife. So she was asleep, okay? And Solomon's knocking, okay? They live in the same house. So I'm going to bring it to today's, today. Okay, it's like Solomon went out with the boys. And he was supposed to be back at 11, right? And he was supposed to usually check in or whatever if something's happening. He didn't. He didn't check in. He didn't text her. He didn't let her know that he's coming later. So she's angry and she's tired. And it's probably like 2 o'clock in the morning. No text, no conversations, because Solomon went to Top Golf with all his friends, right? And then one thing led to another, and the Top Golf competition got really good. And then his phone died. So he wasn't able to answer the phone. It wasn't that he was ignoring her calls. And he wasn't able to text her. And it didn't occur to him to use his friend's phone. Okay, guys. Use your friend's phone. Okay, use your friend's phone. So he comes back. This is, this is theoretical. Like, this is not actually true, right? I don't know if it's happened to you guys. but So he's knocking, and she's inside. And she wakes up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And she says, open to me, my sister, my darling, my love, my flawless one. Okay, he's, Solomon's outside knocking. The door's closed. And he says, open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew. Yeah, because it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Because you were all out on top golf, And you didn't call me. So now you know what I'm saying? And he says, my hair with the dampness of the night. I have, and then she says, I have taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? Oh, this is getting spicy. She's like, I'm already in my pajamas. You were supposed to be home at 11. But you didn't come home. And not only didn't you come home, you didn't text me. And not only didn't you text me, right? You didn't even bother to use one of your friends. Like, it didn't occur to you. Come on, girls. Oh, I'm the only one. Babe, I'm the only one that says, all you guys are like, you should see all the girls' faces. They're like, not us, not me, right? And not you guys either, right, guys? You guys never forget to check in, right? Okay. And then she's like, must I put it on again? I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? Like, I'm in bed. I've already showered, like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. It says, my beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening. 
My heart began to pound for him. I arose to open for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with flowing myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had left. He was gone. So what happened? She's probably taking her sweet old time. She's like, oh, he's thinking he's going to come. Oh, I'm going to get dressed now, take my time. He's outside like shivering. It's windy. It's, you know, 30 degrees. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He has dew on his head. And he's like, I'm out of here. Oh, and he leaves with his friends. Because, yes, he did. Because she didn't open the door. And when she opens it, because she took her sweet old time because she's angry, he's gone. Girls, girls, oh, my gosh. And it says, my heart sank at his departure. She's like, oh, this just got real. This just went to another level. What could have been where she went, opened the door, and said, look, I didn't appreciate that you didn't call or whatever. He would have said, oh, I'm so sorry. My phone died. No. She took her sweet old time. You know, why? Because we want to give even. Because you made me wait. You didn't tell me, so now we're going to play dirty as well. So do you see how it just escalated, you guys? How many times do little things escalate really quickly and become really big things just because we're acting like children? And it says, I looked for him, but didn't find him. I called him, but he did not answer. Number one cause of conflict, write it down, tattoo it to your face. Failure of communication. Come on, guys, men, listen to me. Number one conflict, failure of communication. If you would have just texted, not when you're late, but when you already know 30 minutes before you're going to be late. Failure of communication of saying, hey, my parents are visiting us for a month and staying with us. Don't tell them when you're picking them up from the airport. Tell her a month before when you know. You know what I'm saying? We got to communicate. When you are in a fight, there's, there are not a lot of productive things that can happen, you guys, in a fight. There aren't really productive things when you're in an argument. Actually, there's a lot of destructive things that can happen. Because every time you're, we're in an argument, we can say things. We can do things. We feel things that we can scar people. We hurt the ones that we love the most, the most, right? Those are the ones we hurt the most. And so there's not a lot of good things, but with the help of God, we can turn this around. So we have to know what is our out of bounds. What is out of bounds? In football, it is very known when you step out of bounds. There's cameras on those lines, right? And if they even step on that, that's it. The ball is out of bounds. So we have to know what is out of bounds for marriage. Number one, you, we need to create boundaries. This is, again, for marriage, for with children, with our teenagers, with our, you know, whatever it is, any type of relationship, you need to create boundaries for the relationship. For example, we're never going to fight in public. This is really hard. But you should never fight in public. Like, this is a thing that you should keep it to yourself, and you're not liking something that's happening. Bite your tongue. Fix it behind closed doors. We should never fight in front of the kids. 
this is a hard, I think they're all just really hard, but we need to. It's so unhealthy to fight in front of the children. Never, ever physical. Not from her and not from him. It should never get physical. There should never be pushing. There should never be hitting. There should never be throwing. There should never be slamming. We should be able not to throw temper tantrums, but actually communicate what we're feeling. Never yelling. We should use our voices the way they are and speak through. But it's, what do we do? As soon as we see that the other person's not listening, or we feel that they're not listening, then we yell. And never, ever shut down. Like, never say, I don't want to. I think this is my hardest one. This is what I usually like to do. Instead of keep on, keep on, I usually shut down. And this is actually really dangerous. Because then you keep it inside and you don't deal with what's going on. So we need to create boundaries. This is an out of bounds. Next one is cap time. Just as in football, everything has a time, everything's on a timer, right? The Bible actually says that there is a time for us getting angry. It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. As soon as the sun's going down and you haven't resolved it, that's it. The devil's going to have his way. You feel it. You know it. You're laying there and he's putting ideas. He's putting, he's making you remember, you know, in 1985 when he said this or she said that, right? Or when you guys were going there and the way that you felt. The devil is a liar and he will sneak in. He will sneak into those situations. And usually when he sneaks in is when the day's over and you're laying there in your bed and it's dark and you're just in your thoughts. So you need to cap time. You need to say, we've had this argument all day. We need to bring it to a close. Let's talk about it. Let's resolve it as civil people. But what do we want to do? We want to say, I need time. You don't have time, though. Because if you let the sun go down and you guys go to bed, then now it becomes a sin. Never, ever, like, should we, it says you can become angry, but don't sin. See, anger is not a sin. It's when you allow it to become a sin because you hold on to it for very long. We need to forgive as we are forgiven. Amen? Number three, so not only do we have, you know, our create our bounds, we cap time. Number three, we control our words. It's not always what you say, but the way you say it as well. Your tone, sarcasm, you guys. Like, oh, yeah, now you want, you know, like, we use so much sarcasm. And you're like, what did I say? I didn't say anything, right? Like, no, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And then some of us, you know, some people even go and say it wrong or use um, bad, foul language and call each other names, name calling. That should be an out of bounds, complete out of bounds. We shouldn't be calling each other names. We shouldn't be um, degrading each other or doing all those. We should never say divorce, you know, or um, like literally that just becomes that word that then contaminates the marriage because you'll always go there. Once you've said it, that will always be your go-to. Like, okay, this isn't working, so, okay, so should we get a divorce? Wait a minute. You're my husband. You're my wife. Like, no, we can't run right to divorce. Like, that shouldn't be our our saving grace, right? That's not. That's a curse. So we're like, no, I'm not going to bring in that word. So we should have boundaries. 
We should cap our time and we should control our words. So that's the fight. Number two, we have the choice. We have a choice. We're going to either do it God's way or we're going to do it the devil's way, guys. So I remember a couple's retreat where my husband and I went. It was actually Zion Park. And it was one of those couple retreats where my husband would always say, please don't fight. Please don't fight. And even if you do, come to the retreat. So we were one of those. We were one of the ones that were fighting. But obviously, we had to go to the retreat. (laughs) We're the pastors, okay? So I had to go. I didn't want to go. And even when we arrived, I still remember being in the room. And I, I was so childish, so childish, because I knew it was an impossible. Like, I knew I had to be at my husband's side. And it, I can't even remember what we were fighting about because it was a little thing. But I remember looking at him, and I was like, you go. You go and, and do, talk to everyone. And, you, and he's like, babe, seriously? Like, we're going to go there? Like, Yes. I'm like, yes, I'm not going. I even put on my pajamas, and I promised you, put a butt, put my hair in a bun. And I was like, I'm staying here, but I didn't take off my makeup, see? Because it was all a show. Because I knew I was going to go. I just wanted him to beg. I just wanted to manipulate the situation. You guys, you have to be honest with yourself. Like, are you a manipulator? Or are you a bulldozer where you also bulldoze on people and you don't allow them to say anything? Like, what, what's, because you're hurting the people that you love. So it's like, wait a minute, I know I'm going to go. One of my favorite things are our marriage retreats. That's one of my favorite things. I always say that about everything, right? But I really do enjoy them. But yet I was doing this huge show. Why? Because I knew that that would hurt him. But that's below the belt, you guys. There's things that you know are below the belt, and yet we do them, right? We know that it's below the belt, and yet we do them. So we have a choice. We're going to choose humility or pride. What did you choose last time you fought? Think about it. What did you choose last time you fought with your parents? What did you choose last time you fought with your spouse? What did you choose last time you fought with a friend? Did you choose humility, or did you choose pride? Did you say, no, let them come and ask me? Let them come and ask for forgiveness. No, let them invite me. Let them do this. Or did you say, no, I'm going to forgive because I love them. And I'm going to ask God to give me that love of forgiveness. Song of Solomon, then 5, 10 to 13 says this. My beloved is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. His head is purest of gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves by the water streams washed in milk. Imagine if I told you that, baby. Your eyes are like washed in milk. This is funny. Mounted like jewels. Your cheeks are like beds of spice yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. Oh. Here, they were in the fight. She goes after him. And when she sees him, she's like, you know what? I could be prideful and I could say, why were you late? But instead, I'm going to choose to remember the good about you. I'm going to choose to, in the midst of my anger, remember that I love you. Remember that you're a good man or you're a good woman. Remember that you're the father and mother of my children. Remember that we've had really good times together. Remember that you stood by me when I was sick. You were there holding my hand. Like, those are the things that need to get us through the tough seasons. 
right? When we're walking through those tough seasons in friendships, in relationships, we got to remember the positive things, and that's what's going to get us through. And then she said, you are as beautiful as Terza, my darling, as lovely as Jerusalem, as majestic as troops with banners. Turn your eyes from me. They overwhelm me. Oh, he's telling her, your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep coming up from the washing. Each has its twin. Not one of them is missing. Thank God you have all your teeth. If that's all you can be grateful for in this, in this time with your spouse, maybe, because, you know, they're just being nasty and they're just, well, thank God they have all their teeth, you know? Like, she's just looking at the positive. And he's, I'm sorry, he is looking at the positive in her. And this, this is what they say, I will go first. I will be the first to remember the good things. I will be the first to, number one, intentionally listen. Be the first to listen. What is your spouse or what are your children or what is that person really angry about? Why are they reacting that way? What are they trying to say? And you know that sometimes we get, we are so like, have you ever seen a court, the court reporter, the secretaries that are just typing every single thing that you say? Sometimes we become that in a fight. I, I become that in a fight. So Mario will say something and I'm like, oh, so you think, right? And then he's like, no, babe, I didn't mean it like that. I was like, but you said it. You said it, right? And we, we hold on to it because we want them to say things so that we could be angry at that person. But we have to say, wait a minute, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause from that and I'm going to listen to what they're trying to say to me. What's hurting them? Why are they angry? Why are we even having this fight? Pause and listen. Truth is, I'm usually fact-checking everything Mario says. I'm like, it wasn't like that. It didn't happen that way. It wasn't on that day. It wasn't a cold day. It was a sunny day. Wait, does that even matter? Does that even matter? Oh, it matters to me because why? Because I want to become angrier. And I want to get points. What does it matter if we're always winning the fights but we lose the war? What if you're always winning every single argument, but then you end up in divorce? What if you're always winning every argument with your children and you just bulldoze every one of their ideas, but yet they don't want to be with you? Like, you know, what if you're always that way too, like with your friends, but yet you're just, you're not a good friend. You're not a listener. So we need to intentionally listen. Number two, we need to seek to understand. Seek to understand. Don't just listen to what they say, but try to understand I'm going to get away from emotions. I'm going to get away from judgment. I'm going to say, okay, wait a minute. Why do you feel this way? And then say like, okay, I could understand. I could understand how me not texting you. I'm so sorry. Me not using my friend's phone. How I could understand what I would feel if I was waiting for you to come home at 11 and you didn't come home. How you would be worried. How you... I could understand, but many times we're so busy defending, we're so busy getting angry that we don't understand, right? Number three, verbally validate. I will verbally validate. Say it. Use your words. Say, yes, I do understand. Don't just say, no. Actually verbally validate each other. What that person's feeling. You know, I'm sorry that when I said this, it made you feel sad. But let me tell you, it wasn't my intention, you know, but verbally validate. And number four, I resolve to empathize. 
walk in their shoes. Walk in their shoes. This is a game changer. Empathize. I become the, like, the wounded person. Like, I put myself in their situation, not to be more aggressive, but to actually feel their pain. To say, if I was, if it was done to me, what would I feel? Feel their pain, feel, feel their hurt, feel whatever they're feeling. And this will bring us to what? To reconciliation. Reconciliation is just saying, we're gonna be stronger together. You know that some people say that you have to come to an agreement. Sometimes you can't. Like literally, there is, there isn't an agreement. Like both of you guys have to like, um, a certain food. No, I don't like that food. No, but you should because it's so good, but I don't like it. As much as you tell me something doesn't mean I'm going to change the, the way I look at it. And there's certain things that you just have to understand that the other person is different. They're different. But you look at them and say, I choose to love you even when we don't agree. Even when we don't have the same preferences on everything. I love you. Song of Solomon 6, 11 to 12 says, I went down to the grove of nut trees to look at the new growth in the valley to see if the vines had budded or the pomegranates were in bloom. What it says here, when you look it up in the commentary, it says that after the fight, that she goes out and basically what it's saying is I'm looking for fruit. I'm looking for something sweet. I'm looking in the midst of everything to see if it produced something of, of good. You know, I'm not looking of what was destroyed. No, I'm not allowing it to destroy. I'm looking for something new. You guys, every time that you fight, and when you do it God's way, when you fight right, you will have something, a new growth. You will appreciate each other more. You will actually defend each other's differences. For example, I, I don't know, like, I kind of like, I, don't judge me, but I kind of like sushi and I kind of don't. Why do I say this? I like it with my mouth, but my tummy doesn't agree with it. So after I eat it, like, I totally look like a bulimic person because I'll be like, and I'll go and usually if I eat too much of the sushi, I'll just throw it up. Because it's like the fishiness and the seaweedy, I don't know. It just does something in my tummy. But I see everybody else and they're like, love it. And they're, you know, eating it and the chopsticks. And my daughters are even like, oh, don't even put soy sauce on it, mom. You Real sushi eaters don't use soy sauce. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm like dunking it in soy sauce or teriyaki sauce and sriracha. And like anything I could put on it to try to like cover up the, the fish taste, right? And there my girls are eating sashimi and stuff and all the, and I'm like, how can they do that? But instead of them trying to convince me to like it, we can just decide to be around the same table and enjoy each other's company. You know what I'm saying, you guys? Like, sometimes we get caught up on the dumbest things. The dumbest things. And we get angry at each other. Marriages are usually divided or families. And when you ask them, it's about something so small. I was speak, talking to this person the other day. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm estranged from my family. Why are you estranged for your family? No, because my, that side of the family, my uncle stole money from my father, and so we never talked. How much money did he steal? Like $1,800 or something. He stole $1,800 20 years ago, and your whole family's been estranged for 20 years? Over $1,800? What are we losing our marriage to? What are we losing our children to? What are you losing the years of you having your parents with you 
living under your parents' home that you could really enjoy their company and being kids and not having to worry about stuff, still having the covering of your parents, what, over $1,800 20 years ago? You know what I'm saying? It's something so minor, yet it can really come and destroy. So you might be asking, is there hope? Is there hope for my relationship? Can it be restored? Can something sweet come out of all of this? Let me tell you, there is. There is hope, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Because when we have Jesus, then we want to be like him. And, and how can we be like him? We forgive. We have to forgive you guys. we got to think the best of each other. we got to look at each other and say, yes, this is hard right now, but I'd rather walk beside you than without you. See what I'm saying? I'd rather walk. And if there's anybody else I'd rather fight with, it's you. <laughs> you know, I don't want to fight with anybody else. It's you. I don't want to sit around a sushi table with anybody else but with, you know, you. It's those type of things. You know, and, and God will do a miracle in our families, in our, in our marriages, in our relationships. Why don't you stand to your feet? And I just want to add to this. Maybe you're in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. I know our crowd here is a little younger. Don't go towards what the culture is telling you how you should fight. Don't break up on a text message. You know what I'm saying? Don't ghost somebody. Don't put pictures and, you know, embarrass them on social media. Don't talk bad about them with your other friends. Like, let's do this. Let's... Even in our relationships as like boyfriend and girlfriend and like relationships with our parents or marriage relationships, let's fight right. Let's get the defensive right and let's win the game. That's what it's all about. Let's win the game. Can I get an amen? Let me pray for you and then we're going to worship. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you because you're bringing this word to correct us, to align us, to, to transform our hearts, our minds, Lord. And I know that sometimes we get caught up on these series and we think, oh, they're just talking to marriages. No, we're talking to everyone here, Lord. May this word be a good word, that it could bring fruit in everyone's life. No matter if they're eight years old or if they're, you know, 68 years old, it doesn't matter, Heavenly Father. Let us fight right with each other. Let us love each other. Let us be merciful. Let us, you know, validate how other people are feeling. Let us bless those even that curse us and pray for those that are coming against us and and even the people that attack us heavenly father that we would be able to be peaceful you know makers that we would have the words to bring them to you that we would shine your light that we would be living the way that you want us to live that we would follow your example and we would be led by your word in jesus name we say amen Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.